Yo guys, what if building your fan base was easy? Our guest today is going to show you how. You know the drill. Let's do this thing. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the Music Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schwartz. We got a great show in store for y'all today. We got Mr. Ryan Correa of Runway Vertical Records. This dude wears about 18 different hats in the industry. Industry specialist for branding and was a part of a, a Supercharge event we had earlier in May which was supercharging. We get into talking about a whole bunch of stuff, actually. Um, really cool use of understanding the difference between going wide with your reach. If you're an artist trying to find a suitable fan base, as opposed to going deep with the relationship, we talk about that. We, uh, of course, we talk about the walk-up jam, which you're about to hear in moments. That's a that's a central thing here at Music Fit Collective. We we really really love our walk up jams, and here's why: you can learn a lot about how somebody wakes up and shows up for their life <laughs> based off of their song that gets them jazzed. Right? We've got a contest going right now. Where it's, I guess it's a contest on both Spotify and Apple. We built a playlist for walk up jams, and it's collaborative. So. I'd encourage and invite you, if you're into it, to share this with as many friends as you want. We want to really build up this whole, what's your walk-up jam? What, what song pumps you up to peak performance every single day? What's your song to turn that funk around? Because right? there's good funk and then there's some bad funk, and we want to get rid of that bad funk. Music has the power to inspire. We talked briefly about that as well. Now, I know I said music has a power to inspire. Another central element of inspiration and moving us through certain challenges in our lives is movement. And I wanted to throw a big shout out to our dear friends over at White Line Athletics. Now, we've got a, uh, we've got a product code. So if you guys are looking for great equipment, awesome stuff, kettlebell work, mace, as you guys know, our four disciplines, steel mace, kettlebell, body weight, and now rope flow. These guys carry all the gear that you need. So head on over to whitelineathletics.com, pick up your gear, shoot us a message over on Instagram. We've got a product code. You can score yourself some deals. They got some awesome, awesome stuff over there. So if you're looking at new creative ways of exercising and getting that creative flow, getting that juice going, movement is another way to do it. All right. Speaking of movement, we've got a special announcement. Woo! My favorite part of the day. We've got the Music Fit Games coming into High River, Alberta, July 30th to August 1st. I'll tell you more about that at the end of the show. We've got a great show, and without further ado, I want to get right into it. So here you go, guys. This is Mr. Ryan Korea. See your face in front of me, still grainy from that old black and white TV. My whole family you know what? is silent. I had to think about that. I'm like, how much do I have? I don't have one. Do I have one? So I was like, what would I have? And I always go with the flow, right? I went with my intuition. And what came to me is just like, it's a jam, man. Like, Faithless 
Mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali, that is mm-hmm. a jam. If, if, if there's one going to go, I'm inspired. Let's do this. Let's knock some peeps out. You know, yeah. let's knock down some some goals and some, 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 some hurdles, whatever. Let's make this day see who's boss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of showing up and wondering, you know, that how many how many conversations have you had about that? We'll get into your background and your street cred, but how many in the last week, how many conversations have you had about people like pointing the blame outside and going, oh, you know, I just haven't has things haven't gone just that simple. Things haven't gone my way. Oh, you know, I'm feeling kind of, you know, this, that and the other thing are all objections. When you put that jam on, you're like, fuck you, world. I got this. I'm calling the shots today. Is that yeah. is that how you feel today? And what I love about this is the twist, right? So like you're saying, if the world's giving you that sort of vibe and people are in that space, the song I chose, the lyric is, I want you to know that you are the original. So it's kind of like, hey, whoever you are, be you, because that's the superpower. So it's not just the fact that I'm on my role and I'm gonna, you know, do my thing, but I'm saying, hey, I'm giving you permission to find you and to rock that too. Oh, buddy. All right. For those of you just joining us on that mic drop, this I'm sitting down with the one and the only Ryan Korea of Runway Vertical. But man, you wear so many hats. I I felt I felt like I was the guy that had 17 hats, but you do quite a bit of things, man. Let's get let's get into the background. Where who are you? Artist, entrepreneur, you're a, a coach, you're uh you're operating an incredible branding focused like getting back to the basics of identity and brand for the artist. Tell us, who are you, Mr. Ryan Korea? Man, you know the world we live in right now, I think it, I think a lot of more people are going to really understand this and I can see it happening more. But now it's like, it depends who you're talking to and who's asking as to what your answer is. Like, that's the world we live in, man. Because we come from a place where the the the, the old days, let's call it that, you, you left school, uh, studied as long as you could, and then you'd get a job and find a career and that was your life. And then you retired with the same fridge, by the way. The fridge was the whole time. <laughs> it was the same fridge. So now... We live in a time where it's like you cannot be a smarty box because a, sp- a box of smart is like the candy box, right? It's like there's so many different colors. It's like, no, you can't be that. you got to be your thing. And so we live in a world where people are being forced into the space of going, actually, you know what? Just do you. So for me, depending on who I'm speaking to, like it'll be one or all of the above. And that's generally I'm a musician first. I'm an artist. That is it. Like I love the the saying, which is. Being an artist isn't something that I go to work to do. I am an artist. It is a lifestyle. It is who I am. Mm -hmm. So everything I'm doing in life is through the lens and from the heart of an artist. So that in itself is already a broad term. Like an artist, that could be anything. It could be like, is he a painter? Is he like making poodles out of ice cream cones? What's he doing, right? So for me, music, love music. I'm a musician. I'm a singer. That's my number one instrument of choice. I love my my vocal um, sort of exercise that I get on stage is very cathartic. It's very healing. And I, I see the effect it has on people too. So that's really amazing. Because I think, you know what I mean? Like you can pick up a guitar or a piano and it has its own physical markup, but your voice is yours. Yeah. And you can choose how to use it, you know, in so many different ways. And it's how you feel that day too. So that's where I'm like from an artist perspective, but I'm also a visual artist because I do all my own cover artwork design for the albums and I make my videos. And and so visually, I used to draw when I was a kid. I used to love cartooning and stuff like that. And I, 
I love that side of things. But then also from an artistic perspective, <clears throat> I love drama. I used to like, when I mean that, I mean as an acting, not mm. like, you know, unnecessary. <laughs> yes. In Lauren Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I love right? no drama. No drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love so Lauren I, Hill. I mean, the dramatic arts is what I yeah. mean. <laughs> Theater. Theater. He's, that's he, that, that's being. Exactly. <laughs> an actor. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, dude. Yeah. Cool. So, you cool. know, that's the arts. And then I'm also, you know, a consultant. There you um, go. The music world. Everything. And we find so much of uh, of artists nowadays too having to wear so many hats. Can you speak to that and, and how you've um, identified a seeming hole in the industry is that that artist is the artist and it's the graphic designer and then they're, they're also the creator and then they're the booking agent and they're the whole meal deal for a lot of artists, especially the ones listening to the show. That, from my take, can be very overwhelming. What hole have you seen in the industry and what are you doing to, uh, to fill that, dude? I think it's been a very natural being in the front line. I have been in the trenches. Like I've been an artist my whole adult life, right? So the penny started to drop when I was in LA. I remember I finally made it to LA because you know what you do. You're like, if I want to be successful in something, I've got to go where people are going, right? And I was like, for me, LA's got sunshine. That's great. <laughs> so let's go and, you know, make music there. But I could never really get the visa to stay. So I was going over and learning, you know, conferences, but now I'm learning from the horse's mouth. Let's put it that way, right? So what's crazy, dude, is like, this is 2009 when I started going to LA and doing conventions and stuff. It's like, I'd been in a room with the guys who were doing production and doing mixing and doing whatever it is for, for, for the big the big cats, right? And they would be saying stuff like, okay, so I'm a mixing engineer and I've been doing this for 30 years and I would never in my life ever call myself a producer because that's just not what I do. I it would take me another 30 years to get, I'm still learning. So the message was get in your lane, <laughs> learn your stuff and then do your thing. And in my head, I was like, dude, I don't have three grand or whatever to get a producer for every song. So I'm going to learn this stuff. So my whole thing was, I'm going to be, again, I'm going to be me, like, right? I'm going to be the original. So I started learning all this stuff. And now we live in a world where that you have to do that. Most people have to learn it. So I think that for me, when you ask about the gap in the market, there's probably so many of them. But for me, what I really would love to sort of close in terms of gaps is the mindset of artists. I think that's where the hugest gap is. Like, there's so many artists who maybe you got something great to offer the world, but in their mind, 100%, they're not convinced that it's possible because in their head, there's only one door and it's a very precarious, you know, like Crocodile Dundee kind of door, which means they need a record label or a manager. That's the only way they're going to get in. And mm -hmm. that door is like, no, that's not how it works anymore. Like you're in charge. So I think that's what it is. Getting the message out there to say, if you're in the arts and you've got something to offer, you can do it. You literally can. Like with your phone and some, some great ideas, you can start a whole industry on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And you've touched on it already a, a little bit. Let's elaborate a bit more. There, there is that perceived notion that you need a record label. And then you look at guys like Chance the Rapper, you guys, even before then, Wu-Tang, right? Really fucking with the, the industry and just being like, no, that's not the way we're rolling. Uh, and then you get conglomerates uh, that are centralized themes, like things like Spotify and Apple Music that literally came from platforms like Napster, that right. LimeWire. The reason streaming music is because of these pirate fucking organizations. So how does an artist, if, if we want to use that term, that's what we use around here on the collective and, uh, and go pirate to, to be able to do what you're saying, like look down the different corridor, open up this other world. That's like, Oh no, these people are telling you this 
this is mm -hmm. the way they want you to think that there's the only one way because then they have to they're the access point they're the gatekeeper if you will right. what are you what message do you have to the artist to to venture down and find their own uh world by being their own gatekeeper <clears throat> so oh man this is such a good question it is so so crucial and it's actually very simple like my message is whoever you are do you like 100% even if it means you go no but I want to do like I don't know smurf like indie punk that's what I do I'm like do that because <laughs> you're gonna be like but I don't hear any of that on the radio guess what Diplo was making cool jams from what the 90s and he wasn't on the radio and now his sound is the sound because he was doing him he didn't go to the crowd the crowd came to him so do you and figure what that is and, and take your time too. Like in the, in, you know, in the spirit of Gary Vee, don't rush, like find who you are. And that's the kind of work I do with my clients, right? It's like, let's get to the basis of who you are. Like, what, what does that look like? Cause to be honest, a lot of people don't have the awareness to say, well, I'm this and I really mean this. And what do I really want in my heart of hearts? So figure that out. And once you've done that, literally go fishing. That's it. Go fishing for the people who are into what you do. And the way you do that, there's so many ways. And the, the internet is your friend, trust me. Like if you're just binging on Netflix every day, that's my challenge to you. Like start using, even if it's one hour a day to go figure it out and say, okay, how to make fans um, as a musician, how to market my music or what brand am I? Whatever it is that you feel is holding you back, the internet has the answer. But now I really want to make this clear is that the internet is just a bunch of people. So. If you go looking on the internet, you're going to find people, not just answers, but the people who are spreading those messages. Reach, reach out to those people. Like, you know, maybe they've got courses going, maybe they've got eBooks, whatever it is, the door is actually wide open. And I'm going to give you an example right now. I, I shout this girl out a lot. Like, she's amazing. She's Canadian. Leah McHenry is like a hero of heroes. She's someone I mention all the time because she's a musician and quite famously has five kids. She homeschools the kids and she's doing music part-time because she's, you know, a family mom, um, woman too. And she's crushing it. She's making six figures, I think it is. It might be seven by now, but she's definitely, I think, making seven with her own business, which is teaching. So she's doing it with zero gigs. She's not playing a single gig, but she's raking in the money. And guess what? She's one of the people who can teach you how to rock your own stuff. Now, you mentioned something really, really cool that I want to revisit here, if you don't mind, because this blew Absolutely. my freaking mind when you use this analogy. I would, I would love for you to share with the listeners your analogy on fishing. That, that opened the door, and I know you've done, I, I was fortunate enough to sit in on, on, your, uh, on your supercharge, on the, the brand new supercharge, and you, you blew the doors open with this fishing analogy. Would you mind sharing with the listeners what that, uh, what that whole bit is? How are, Absolutely, how are we, how do we, Captain. Dude, how do we find fish, okay? <laughs> Tell me about this. I'm intrigued. Cool. So I love using this as an example because I think it's really effective in terms of allowing anybody, not just musicians, but like, let's say you're a musician, right? So you want to go fishing and the fish are your fans. Like, that's what it is. Like, you have something to offer and you need to know where to go fishing to find them. So one of my clients, right, they do, they're, they're, they're dope. They're like on the island of Beetha where I live and they do... Um, oh, I got to get it right now. Their genre is space punk. I think it is space right? punk. Space punk, but it's electronic dance music. That's right? fucking sick. 
Cool. And it's so cool. And they're very smart and, you know, and quirky. So there's an example, right? So you got, they're called major derangers, right? Wow. So major derangers is a couple of guys from England and they're just very interesting visually, musically, great, you know, pr production. So they have a ship and that ship is called major derangers, right? So they now need to go put that ship on the water and go looking for fish. What kind of fish? The kind of fish that like aka eat like aka crave dance music but their particular space punk version of dance music right because you could go to someone and say oh you do dance music what does that mean well i do techno no too hard for me man that's not my bag okay cool that's not your fish within the shoal of fish so you really have to niche down which is something again leah mchenry teaches all the time and anyone who knows what they're talking about is going to tell you about that so the fishing analogy is understanding that you need to know where to go on the ocean to go find the fish that are going to totally get what you're up to. And then it gets to the point where they're practically jumping into your boat. You don't even have to bait them because they're just like, oh my gosh, it's here. <laughs> Our dream Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned again, niche down. That's a point worth visiting because many conversations I have with artists when I'm working with them in, in movement, of course, in movement classes and in, in, uh, in in the coaching work that I, I work on on stories and such the, the oftentimes things come up like oh i've got to try to be everything to everyone and you're saying no hey let's let's narrow focus this and find our fish can you expand on yeah. niching down what, what does that do oh, for an artist you are now touching this is the gold nugget of the gold nugget in fact this is a gold bomb i'm gonna put, make it a gold, gold bomb so, oh shit okay. guys we hang on we gotta put in a we gotta put in a sound effect here get ready for the gold <laughs> There we go. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. So, so the thing is, niching is so important because what is a niche? A niche is literally a specific group of people or a culture or a subculture that you're trying to, you know, connect with, with whatever you're doing with your brand. So what a lot of people do, especially musicians, very guilty with this. And it's almost like a secret, like 007 test, like a secret spy test, like, if you meet a musician and you say, hey, so what do you do? And they're like, oh, we do, you know, ABC. And you're like, cool. So like, you know, what, what, what kind of stuff? Like, oh, every, everything for everybody. Like when you hear that answer, you know, you're dealing with a novice. Like it's like, now nah, this person needs, has got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, Probably. fucking, fucking right. run. <laughs> right. So, so a niche is so important because as a musician, you are not for everybody. And if you are, then you're definitely not going to find everybody anyway because it's just not gonna work so an example right so major derangers uh, is a good example so these guys do this great electronic stuff but it's probably for a certain you know taste because if you look at their visuals and their branding some people may get offended by it They're like whoa it's very you know full-on in your face it's very out there so some people are just not into that and so you can't go and force them to say i'm you're into me trust me i'm for everybody it doesn't work so your niche is so crucial. And I love Facebook as an example as well, because anything that's big right now that you think is everywhere started with a niche, most more than likely. Facebook's a great example because Facebook was actually very specialist. It was just an, an one Ivy League college. And they, they were like, this is a cool idea. And it worked really well. And then they expanded to the other Ivy League colleagues in the US, right? And then it was like, okay, we're going to open up to other colleges in England, like Oxford and Cambridge. And then only years later did they go, okay, fine, everybody who's not a student can come and join the party. And now they're everywhere, but they didn't start going, we're for everybody. So you really have to understand, you need to understand who you are, your sound, 
who you're for and go and hang out with those people and reach down with those guys. Because you can't have a party that's playing 7,500 types of music. It's just not going to happen. So you can't say my party's for everybody. You have to choose and say, no, we're doing a hip hop party. And then you're going to get the hip hop guys to come in and go, I'm there. And they're going to have a great time. Tell everybody to have a great time. But if you bring hip hop people to your party and you just spend the whole night playing Britney Spears, you're not going to get, then it's not going to happen. Right. No. So no. niche down. It's nothing wrong with it. It's extremely powerful because you want to go deep with the relationship, not wide. Ah, there we go. That brings me to a really, really interesting point because what I see too, and I'd love your take on this is the perceived value of an artist to contributing society. If you're casting a huge wide net, how much impact do you actually have? Where does that relationship come in? If we're niching down and we're that impactful with a very specific group, is there potential to scale that? Absolutely. So if you were to niche down, right, like talking about going deeper, so you're having deeper relationships, right? So you've got time to literally, maybe you're playing a show and you only have 20 people there, but you, you're probably able to speak to all those 20 people and that have at least have a couple of minutes conversation with them. They feel seen, they feel special, and they're going to go home and have something to talk about and tell people about you because they feel connected. Whereas if you're in a room with 20,000 people, there's no way you're going to get to see everybody, right? So that's difficult because the 20,000, let's say this, 20,000 people at a festival. So they didn't come to see you, right? Because if you go to a Coldplay concert, yeah, 80,000 people love the band because they went deep already. Whereas if you're at a festival and you're on stage for a couple of songs and you want to go out back and meet people, if you meet those 5, 10, 15, 20 people that dig you and go, man, I love what you did. You were opening for you know, Coldplay and I love your vibe and you actually take the time to meet them, you're going deep. And they're probably going to go home and tell people whenever they mention Coldplay, oh, I, I, this opening band, and he was a really cool guy, you know, and he was like wearing these cool glasses and he was on stage with his like, you know, parrot on his shoulder and like his sailor's hat. So the depth will evangelize people for you. So now you've got people telling other people about you as opposed to you trying to go, I'm trying to get everybody to see me um, everywhere. And then, yeah, they've seen you, but they didn't go deep. So they're probably not even going to remember you unless you really, really had a profound you know, effect with them somehow from a distance. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember actually you brought me back to uh, an interview um, that I remember hearing about Rage Against the Machine. Great example of a very niche, niche mm -hmm. group. They took hours after their concerts back when they were nobody they were playing on little farm stages right? right and they would stay out in the back of this like football stadium out in the parking lot and hang out and shed on politics and right. shed on the problems that were going on in especially in mexico and mm -hmm. uh that unified them more than just a carrier of a message they were now like you said evangelist they were they had a they had a following it was more like a movement so right. for the artists out there that are looking to do something much bigger than themselves what what kind of message do you have to them what how do we increase that perceived value uh, for the artist that wants to contribute to society <clears throat> this is quite a fun project because if an artist is listening in and going yeah how do i do that what's really good is Back in the day, Rage Against the Machine would do that in a line outside of a gig, right? Today, we live in social media sort of world. So you don't have to do that anymore. You literally can do it from your house, from your phone. And so what you would want to do is be yourself. Like they, So they, they are obviously all about 
you know, political issues and human rights and stuff. So they weren't just singing about it, they were talking the talk, right? They were going in line and they were actually taking action. So you want to do the same thing with your social media. If you're saying, hey, I'm someone who's all about animal um, you know, safety and all that kind of stuff, then you want, to, you want to demonstrate that and go, you know what, I found some great websites, guys, um, locally, if you find, you know, a stray dog or whatever it is, contact these guys and, and let them know, because they'll come in and they'll help, they'll help out. And then you're being seen to do the thing that you're passionate about. And then guess what? That's how you're going to attract the other people who are also passionate about that thing. And you're going to connect like you would, and, you know, in, in a line outside of a gig or wherever you are, or a convention. And then it starts to, but this is what's great, right? So today that means you can be in 20,000 different places at once because one post can be seen 20,000 times, right? And, mm. and actually I want to drop something, another a little, you know, gold bomb here about- Oh boy, get ready. We got to get that abundance. sound cue here. Guys, can we get that sound cue again? Here we go. <laughs> awesome. Okay, let's hit hit them. Hit them with it. Gold bomb, so number two. Now we're, we're talking about- Abundance versus scarcity. So what happens with competition a lot of the times, because that's what happens, people go, oh, everything's in competition. So an artist may be thinking, well, I, I'm, I don't, I, in order for me to succeed, I need to make sure that no one else has succeeded. I'm not gonna tell anyone else my tricks and my tips, right? One example I love about how the digital world works is like this. Let's just say you have three apples and you love apples, right? In the real world, if you give one apple away, you only have two apples left. And if you give another apple away, you only have one apple left. And then you're going to eat that apple and you have one apple and it's done. On the digital sphere, let's say you have one, three apples. No, let's just say one apple because the apple is a piece of knowledge, right? So like I was saying, okay, if you love animals, this is how you can help them. That's, that's an apple. Now, if you put it on the internet, it's one apple. But if 10 people download that information, that's 10 copies. And if 10,000 people download that one apple, that's 10,000 copies. So digitally, there's abundance. It's like, you don't have to go like, oh, I'm not, I don't wanna get my secrets out. Cause if you give value, it'll, it'll actually take legs, grow legs and kind of go and you know live a life of its own and people will keep sharing it. And then that's how the value comes back to you. Cause it's like, oh my gosh, I learned this from this person. And you know, that person's doing great stuff. So in that way, I think it's so important because people do feel that way. It's like, no, I don't wanna help this person. I don't wanna like, no, if we raise each other up, that just leads to abundance and like you said before a, mo a movement right you're not going to be alone you're going to bring people with you and it's going to be a great journey with everyone coming up and helping out each other yeah no that's incredible man now we've uh, we've had the opportunity to work with you with the branding and the supercharge and that for me the biggest takeaways were, were so simple and just sharing with the audience what what you can expect when you when you book in with this guy you get back to the basics of, of you as a human and, and who you are and what your personality is and how we get back to the very simple things that put us in our element and everything that we talked to up to this point comes back to an identity, right? So now you also mentioned doing your mindset coaching and, and how to get, so where's the relationship there? When, when you sit down with an artist, for example, like myself, I mean, I know I'm a, I'm, ahead of the most uh, of the, the curve anyways with my identity because of the story work that i now coach but the story work that i've done and identified and gotten over things like scarcity mindset and things like 
childhood traumas and adolescent traumas that have been plaguing me for those many years. So when you sit down with somebody who's not yet aware of those things, what does the process look like? Is it different? How do we get to that point to build the identity into the brand? Cool. That's actually really cool. I love the way you've put that question because <clears throat> what I do, and again, it, it comes down to the whole you know, process. It's like every person I work with is individual. So I don't have uh, a formula that goes, right, everyone's going to get the same version of, of me, like the Apple thing, right? So when I work with someone or someone's interested in working with me, the first thing I want to do is get on a, you know, you guys call it a discovery call, right? So let's meet each other first. Let's, let's have a chat. Let's see what, what's going on. What, where are you stuck? How can I help you? And then after hearing that conversation, that lets me know where to start with you to go, okay, cool. This is what you need. We're going to work on mindset or maybe, you know, like yourself, for example, like it was like, well, actually you're, you're, as you said, you're quite advanced in the sense of you've already done a lot of work. You're, you're crushing it. And I love working with you because you're a doer, man. Like you're just like, boom, boom, boom. You're just like making stuff happen. And it's so cool. And actually we've got a mutual friend. I introduced you to Therese, an amazing singer. I spoke to her last night and she's, man, she's like, she, you've just blown her away. She's like, this dude is just amazing. He's just like a force. And I'm so lucky to be working with him. And she's just like, feels so lucky with that sense. And I'm just glad I could connect two people that way, you know? So with that in mind, you're getting a different experience to someone else who may need to still go, you know, with a, a bit of a um, slower introduction to the mindset. But what I do do with everybody, more or less, unless they really don't need it, which is, hasn't happened yet, is my branding sort of like, um, it's kind of an initiation project where it's like, okay, we first need to dive deep, like you were saying, and figure out who you are. And this way, this project, uh, this process allows me to get into someone's head or their essence and then just reflect it back to them and say, well, this is who you really are, not what you think you are or what people say you are. This is the authentic you and this is who we want to go and show the world. Um, and that's really an interesting one because some people maybe not be aware of like that's who they are and will have been holding back and going, mm, no, but that, that, that part of me is bad. Nope, guess what? It's not. It is your superpower. And now you're going to show people because that's who you are and mm. be proud of it. Dude, I that's fire. That's great. And that's uh, for a lot of people that weren't fortunate enough, like, you know, you and I, it sounds like we both like jumped in head first. I love theater. I love performing. Put me on an improv stage. I am there. Even if I'm showing up late with a coffee in class in university, dude, I was there. Like, hey, Schwartz, you're up. I'm like, okay, cool. Don't know what we're talking about. Figure that out later. I did presentations yep. <laughs> in university that I had no idea what the material was. I got the, the liner notes like minutes before we went on stage to do a presentation in front of the whole uh, graduating class. It was like, here's your seminar, the, the year's work. Oh, we're just going to riff it. <laughs> you're, you're prepared enough to understand because you're prepared of, of who you are and how you're going to deliver it. And, and that, that's where the performance comes in. And that's mm -hmm. where I feel that you've really bridged a gap with the work that you specifically do is you find the creative outlets that are stimulating them in one sense, like maybe their music. And then you draw on that to put it into, okay, well, this is how we do it. It's really quite simple. We're just taking your creative flow and putting it to the storefront. And now people understand what it is that you actually do. Just that simple. Yeah. And, and it's just yeah. your vocab and the way that you coach it is just so, uh, it's, it's, it's a great framework. And that's, that's what I want to communicate. So thank you for the kind kudos. That is, is absolutely fantastic to hear that uh, Therese is, she's just a beauty too. So um, beautiful soul, beautiful voice, beautiful everything in all sense of the word. And now 
with the work of what we just talked about, getting that artist identity down, now that she's coming yeah. into being of that, holy mm. fuck, she was good before. Watch out. Right? Exactly. There's your third gold bomb. Get ready, guys. Gold <laughs> bomb. Here it comes. There we are. Right? That'll be the gold bomb for this entry. Dude, that's that's so, so great. I mean, now, for for folks out there, like, what is your biggest what is your biggest frustration then, dude? Like out there as an artist yourself, maybe? Hmm. <clears throat> I think it's so interesting because when I think about frustrations, it's almost like I am a product of them. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's what people tend to do. It's like, I'm so frustrated about this. I'm going to go and make the you know the solution happen. So I think one of my biggest frustrations as an artist is, is that whole thing about kind of what we're talking about. It's not just self-identity, but self-worth. You know, I think musicians get a bad rap in terms of bringing value to the table as citizens and what they do as a vocation. It's like, oh, you're a musician. That's not a real job, right? <clears throat> Whereas the musician itself can also fall into that space of, well, I'm not, I'm not any good. I'm not valuable. And they don't see their value because they live in a world that doesn't value them, generally speaking. So what's really fascinating about that is I look at my childhood you know and you know we talk about that like your development work is always going back to where you where you started these thought patterns and these programs right and as a child I grew up in a society where we were really talented and we had a lot of you know arts and and, and stuff I mean as I said I was on stage at seven acting I was doing music I was at the conservatory as a teenager with a full scholarship so you're already pumped for an amazing career but your community still says no that's not a real job get a real job that was just for fun so I had to go against the, the, the wishes of maybe family and community to become a full-time musician and work through all of that sort of like, you know, just heavy, like you're never going to make it. And if you do, you're going to be poor anyway, you know? So what's interesting about this is when I look back at that story as a teenager, like 15, 16, I already had a string quartet, right? Playing like weddings, coming home with money because we didn't have pocket money because we didn't have that much, you know, available to us as kids from our parents. So coming home with money from a gig as a teenager, which allowed me to do things like buy the first ever cell phone when it came out. Like literally as I left school, the first cell phone was available. It was like a Siemens S10. And like, I bought myself a cell phone, dude, that was, that was balling. It was like, you have a what? And I bought myself a motorcycle and I was doing cool stuff like, you know, playing for Nicole Kidman's parents when they were on safari in Zimbabwe. But the irony is, no, get a real job because that's what a real job, like, dude, I was making money before I left school, like, you know, legit, you know? So I think that is it. Like if, if artists can just try and find that space within where they can believe in themselves. And that's what I do with a lot of my clients and just musicians I meet, I give them full Ryan career permission to just claim their their, their value. And, and I was scared for a long time as another you know, thought um, pattern I want to mention is that I was, my biggest fear for a long time was to be perceived as, um, I guess it would have been like um, arrogant. That was the word, you know, cause like that's the culture we grew up in like, oh, don't get a big head. Don't you think, oh, you think you're all that. So I kept myself small. And now I've healed myself into a space of going, hey, if someone comes to me and thinks they're arrogant, that's okay, because I'm okay with that now. Whereas before, there was a nightmare situation, but now I'm like, I know who I am, and actually, I help more people than I should, and I actually have, I'm the, the opposite. Like, you know, I'm not arrogant enough in the sense of going, not arrogance, but confidence, claiming my worth. So 
I've had to deal with that, but I'm showing up now. I'm like, you know what? If that happens, it's a reflection of where they're at. And then we know where to start helping them if they need help to go, oh, right. Okay. There's some insecurity here. Okay. That's fine. Let's help you find your, your love too, your self love. And let's go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. You bring that, that comes back full circle of, of getting into the uh, keeping your power. Right. And that's something that, uh, you know, I, I work uh, literally, that's my foundation. That's getting self-worth, getting self-agency to the artist. Because can you imagine um, if we had songs that were out there that rather than the catharsis, I get it with the catharsis, the, the process of writing a song, going through a breakup or going through a really hard time. That's really, really great. However, when we write all that down and, and process it and step away from it, are we able to say remix that as an artist to have a more empowering message to go out into the world because then it also reflects us as empowered and not not going for the ride you know being the cargo in the truck actually we're going to drive that truck we're going to take our we're going to take our cargo all the way over here because we own it right we've done the work that healing yeah. process really comes so it's, it's really cool that you could touch on that with the uh with the power piece um you said another thing in there with like the real job and the fears how did you get over that fear what what specifically got you over that that hurdle was there a moment wow um i just have never been able to picture a life where i'm not doing music it's just not possible so what i had to go through really was more of a a sort of betrayal in a sense because you know it, it got to that point where literally like i had you know my dad come home and be like so when are you getting a real job and i'm like i have a job i'm a music teacher in like at all the best schools in the city like i was headhunted by all the best schools in the city so i think i'm pretty sweet and it's like nope what do you expect me to tell my friends when they ask me what does your son do it was that was the issue right so to get an ultimatum where it's like, well, you better get a real job or you're out of the house in the middle of a recession. And it was like, you know, the time of 9-11 and stuff. So I was like put in a really hard position and I did, I had to go and get another job I, against my will. I did not want to do that. So I ended up for nine months, I think it was working as a graphic designer and like a, um, sorry, no, it was an animation um, artist. So I was making videos for, for billboards, right? But then after nine months, I ended up just fixing printers because the whole thing didn't happen because the country was in recession so that's when I promised myself that was my moment I was like okay even if it's my parents no one ever is going to tell me to give up on my music because I know best with this when it comes to this and I just veered for nine months not at my choice but I'm going back to music and I don't care what they say or who anyone says so that was where I had to kind of go I did I followed the rules I, I you know I, I did what I was told to do. And I was just like, this is not me. And I, so that's what gave me the, the conviction and the agency to go, nah, Ryan chooses what he does with his career. Mm, sorry about that. Dude. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Right. Mic drop. Jeez. You know, it sounds like uh, from what you just said there, it sounds like you have a really good understanding of who you are and how to transfer that into Ryan Inc., if you will right as a as a brand now to close things down on this and just kind of wrap it up in a nice little present how do you how do you want the music industry like where do you see us in a year um for for artists how do they become their own brand how do they become the ceo of of their own doing their own inner ceo what and, and how do, how does one go from that mindset shift to actually enjoy it that is a year, do you know what's so funny when you said a year in my my first reaction was like that's that's like tomorrow that's like <laughs> it's right. not much is going to change in a year however yeah i think that 
when it comes to what's going on in the world right now, I think a lot of people are being forced to, you know, deal with the reality of where things are and who they are and the reflection of themselves. So in a year's time, what I would like to see is just that almost terminal velocity of like, there'll be a point where so many musicians, it becomes common knowledge where everyone just knows like, hey, yeah, totally. Yeah, I can run my own business. Yeah, I can be my own, you know. Yeah, totally, totally. I can be a Charles the Rapper or like, you know, um, whoever, there's so many musicians have done it already. Like, so I think that's where we're getting to. It'd be nice to, for everyone to go, oh, it's common knowledge to know that if you want to be a musician, A, it's possible and B, there's a way to do it and C, you don't need permission. That's the key. Like people think they need permission. Yeah, yeah. Create that. Create that permission. You make the rules. They they say it's uh it's way way better to uh, beg for forgiveness rather than ask for permission, right? right? Like ah, it's uh, shit. You know, <laughs> oops, oopsie. That's like oops. Yeah, because it's already done. If you're waiting for permission on on uh, something that you're actually in complete control of, you're you're wasting time, in my opinion, yeah. right? Like we're we're just you know. Mm. Well, you know, better check the clock, you know, and that that's, it's a very interesting thought. Now, with runway, what, uh, what kind of artists like what separates you from other record companies out there? And what kind of artists do you look for? That is a very interesting question, because that's actually not even how it works. <laughs> so there you go, run runway vertical records, again, I'm being me in, in the whole, yeah. you know, machine. So Runway Vertical Records is a record label that I started purely to release my own music. So it's self-publishing because I do film music, I do reggae, I do rock, pop, I do acoustic. So in a traditional world, of course, the, the narrative is, oh my gosh, you want to be a musician? Great. Well, I'm an A&R guy from a label. And so what do you do? Oh, you're a pop. Great. We can we can box you into you know, the, the, the quasi new John Mayer because you play guitar. And then... I'm like, yeah, I got the song and it's kind of African reggae. Like, what? No, 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 you can't do that. That's not John Mayer quasi, you know. So you've you got to be in lanes a lot of the times. Whereas I'm going now, again, I've given myself permission. If I write a song tomorrow and it comes out and it's very Enya and like new age, then I'm going to release it under my label. And I can because that's why it's there. So that's how it works. But then on the flip side, the label is also the brand that I use to help artists figure out their own roadmaps to their own success. So I'm not a label signing artists, but I'm a label empowering artists to do their own thing and helping them see, literally visualize what it is that they can do and how to get there faster and not just spend five, seven years, which to best be honest, most musicians would give up after a couple of years and they wouldn't do it anyway. So now I'm going, hey, you can make it happen and I've got a roadmap to get you there. Dude, I love that. And that's that's such a differential. That's like a... You know, we talk about pattern disruption. Guys, if you're listening, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat because, again, repetition is king and or queen of all learning. Ryan empowers the artist to do their own damn thing. Like that's the whole point of Runway is to find out, okay, cool. Yeah, you could go and find all these other things that you've been told that an artist has got to go sign this deal and go work with these people and that. But you've got it all right inside. You've got the answers right inside. How 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 gratifying is that when you unlock that, when you see that light bulb go off when somebody's working with you, dude? Absolutely. So this is where it's a good time to mention like one of my star pupils slash clients is Chloe. So Chloe Coco, um, 
uh, I think the artist's name is Chloe Colton. She's just changed it recently. She is someone who, when I met her like in Ibiza two summers ago, she was coming out of a, a, a breakup with her fiance and she was kind of, you know, in a bit of, in, in tatters and she was trying to figure out what she was gonna do next, but she always had a love for music. And so she was kind of going, hey, I'm gonna do me. But she literally, uh, and she's gonna be in one of my podcasts uh, really soon, she says how she didn't think it was possible. Cause in her head, she literally was like, I need to imagine a label, I'm not gonna do it, it's not gonna happen. And so after meeting me, she was like, what, you mean it's possible? Right now, she's so pleased because she's got her first single out there. She's already creating stuff in the studio. She has a brand and she's now officially an artist, which she didn't think was possible two years ago, right? Oh. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Yeah, totally. Like Runway Vertical is a platform. It's a launch pad for people and their, their arts uh, to just be able to go, yes, you can and hear the launch codes and off you go. Absolutely. And a big part of the collective ourselves, we've got Chloe in there now too. And she's she, just her energy. We haven't, we have yet to meet in person. I feel like I've already known her for so long. Like she's just electric. She's, she's electric, man. Like that energy. Oh man. And she's, you know, she's into the, into the clubhouse rooms and she's just, you know, she's fire right now. She's coming to our thing on Friday. It's going to be great. That's the kind of thing. And we can, we can look at it in a, in a cool way to, uh, to bundle this one is how empowering is that when you get one person that's doing their thing and then you get another person that's doing their thing and then another person is doing their thing and you start to have these little microclasm and all of these bigger things start happening because of the people that you're hanging out with next level cosmonauts as we say right sail into another galaxy and so like in your experience how empowering is that tribe mentality dude there's nothing like it. And to be honest, it's nothing new. If you, let's, let's go back to hip hop. Let's go back to any, the grunge scene, Seattle. Like it was all about tribes. No one makes it on their own. And that's what's so, so crappy about the world today is because it's the system is set up to now individualize everybody and isolate everybody. When it's like, no, the, the answer is collection. So like, you know, like I said on my website, it's like your vibe attracts your tribe. So just be at your vibration and you're going to start meeting people like you're saying. And it kind of goes back to your question about in a year's time, imagine, dude, like in a year's time, what just Music Fit Collective is going to be like. That's what excites me because all these mini explosions are happening and synapses are firing. Imagine 12 months of that, dude, sign me up. I'm in. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. It's just going to get more. We're going to, we're going to run out of room for gold bombs. Like there's, <laughs> Or we're gonna have to take it to the next level. I'm not even sure. Is this right. a platinum bomb? Like, what, what does it mean? Is it triple platinum bomb? Like, I don't know. Right. Are we gonna have to have like a, an Academy Award for it? Like, what? Man, it's like an annual. I don't know. That's the beauty, though, is that we're creators, right? And this really hits on a, a final point I want to talk to you about. Is explain to me the emotions architect. Oh, so that is so, so cool because I have had this idea and it goes back to your question about, you know, the artist and, and like talking about this, the, the self-worth of an artist and the value. So Emotions Architect is a fashion design that I've released for musicians all around the world. And the idea is that artists slash musicians are emotional architects because we literally create architecture that enables humans 
to have certain emotions. So we literally can be the architects of someone's emotional feeling and response. By writing a song, you can make someone cry. You can make them feel pumped up, right? That's something musicians do. So I'm talking about the technical aspects. It's like that takes a lot of skill. So this is the thing that came up today with a friend, um, an actor friend of mine in London. We were talking about this, where he's, he's, he's very successful. He's doing great. He's on TVs and movies. And he was saying how the art comes to him. Like he'll, he'll write a script or he'll, he'll do a movie and he just, it just comes out of him, right? Whereas back in the day, you would sit down and you would like make notes on your script. And I was saying, it's the same with me. Like I'll get on stage or write a song. I don't have a set list, dude. I play a gig and I, I just vibe through it. And then what happens is that's the kind of stuff where people will look back and they'll go, oh, look at this amazing technique that you know they used. And this is so clever what they did then. How do they get this? And they, they'll break their brains. How, what? How does he do it? There's like three notes that just make people cry every time. What is the formula? That's the emotion architect right there. It's like, it's in you. You've done it so many times and it's taken a lot of practice and a lot of honing in on your craft and you get to the point where you can do it in your sleep practically. So that's what the emotion architect is about. So it's this great hoodie range and what's great is it's personalized. So if you're a drummer, you get it with drummer on it. If you're a euphonium player, it's there. If you're a pianist if you're a singer if you're a music producer if you're a mixing engineer like whatever you're doing in the music industry the design will be there for you and you choose your color you choose your size and boom we ship it over dude i love that dude the threads coming in hot man we gotta get a storefront up on that in the collective man i think yeah but take out the thing everybody everyone's that yeah 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 i want to mention though the reason why i've done this the why Mm -hmm. is because i want artists to be able to proudly wear something that says we are of value and like spread that positive message of increasing the perception of an artist's value at the same time. So it's increasing the self-esteem of the artist, but also increasing the perceptional value um, to the audience. Love that. Yeah. We've got like a whole brand new renaissance of musicianship coming through, right? That's so cool, dude. Now, most important question of the night, my dude, dream festival i want to know what's who's on the lineup where is it for you what is bucket list bucket list material what is the concert that if it's a festival maybe it's a nightclub i don't know what is your dream setup from a musical standpoint dude who are you seeing where is it when all that dude dream festival that is a hard one man so i can tell you already it's going to be the kind of festival where people get to vibe right it's like you can go there and you can meet musicians um and like see them perform but there's this sense of community it's just like it's almost like um a town experience or like a a residency experience where it's like we're like it's like almost like okay let me put it this way it's like yeah when I was growing up, we had music camp, right? And I used to think it was, oh man, we're going to go into the bush and sing Kubaya around a fireplace. It was not. It was like this dope week long camp where we went to one of the boarding schools out in the countryside, great accommodation. And we came together as classical musicians and we worked on music all week, right? And then we did a big concert at the weekend. But in that week, you got to meet everybody and create lifelong relationships. And you got to learn, you know, and and challenge yourself musically because we were playing like you know hard classical music which you may not be that good at yet but you had varying degrees of abilities and you also got to have tea times to hang out with people you had an outing you went you know you did like stuff in the adjacent park like the game park so i'd love a festival like that where you come 
but you get comfortable. It's not that thing of like, man, it's 10 o'clock. I got to get the train home. Uh, man, it's 10,000 people. You're like, but somewhere you can just kind of, just like, you know, cozy in, get to know people, hang out, even hang out with the artists and line up wise, like from small to big, man. Like I'd love to see local, like things I haven't seen before. Like wherever we are, it's like, let's, you know, and that's the other thing. It could be anywhere. Like wherever this festival is, it's like, okay, what's the local vibe? And then go all the way down to, artists which I have loved to see or have seen. So that would be like Bonnie Bear, man. Like he's like my hero. That dude is amazing. Justin Vernon, shout out to that dude. And he's done amazing festivals in his hometown called Eau Claire and in Berlin as well. Some amazing stuff there, which is kind of a similar energy. He's definitely one of those who believes in that as well, you know, community vibe. And Coldplay for sure. Like those guys, I think are just really amazing as a band and as a family unit in that sense. Um, Muse, I would love to see live. I love drums. I love rock music. Um, if I could bring back, I'd love to see some Jimmy. Jimmy would be amazing to see live. And um, dude, like, it's just like the list could go on and on. Sting for sure. John Mayer would be there. And I would have like the Cranberries, if, if we could, you know, bring back, you know, the deceased, like the Cranberries would be there because she she was someone who was very crucial for my upbringing. Like I loved her, like even no doubt as a band, even though they don't jam anymore. Like there were certain people, I think that's what this festival would be. The festival would be like these performances and these gigs that we can't see anymore. So it almost be like this really cool, I don't know, like existent, like digital AI cyber. I don't know how we'll do it, but that's would be it. Like come and see freaking jimmy live in virtual <laughs> i don't know there you go. yeah 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 i get it man i get it that is so so cool and it's that's the point of the question is that you know and and to make it a, a nice esoteric uh segue into closing notes is uh when you put it out there into the universe and you write it down and you breathe it it can happen it absolutely can happen Oh, um, everything, look around your room, look around if you're driving, look around the world right now, Every wherever you are, everything that is around you right now came because of a what if, right? Absolutely. So That's one of my favorite sayings, right? On that note, it's like everything in the universe was created twice. The first time was in someone's head as an idea. And now the chair you're sitting on is a second iteration, but the first one was in someone's head. Look at that. That's the real gold bomb. Buddy, <laughs> where can people find you if they want to uh, if they want to stalk you, creep you, creep you like uh, TLC? Where where's the best place to, to creep creep? Um, I think the best thing would be to keep it simple because of course I have like a whole bunch of brands and websites doing different things. But on Instagram, Ryan Korea, which is um, I guess you'll link that below, but like Ryan Korea, K O R I Y A on Instagram, same. On Facebook, RyanKorea.com, and the, the the label is RunwayVertical.com with the relevant Instagram and Facebook as well. So there's a lot of places to find me, and of course, because I'm plugged in, I get everything from all the channels. So whichever one you choose, uh, choose your poison, and I will be serving it. Perfect, my man. Perfect. And then, as your final words for any artist out there, what is your uh, message of healing and/or hope and/or positivity for the uh, for the close? On that note, I would definitely want to say my one hundred percent feeling and perspective on the world right now, when it comes to the artists and the arts, is positive. Like, guys, this 
is a good time we're living in. This is all shaking it up for a good reason. This, it's only getting better from here. That's what I can see. So I'm saying, find the light. If you can't see it, trust me, it's there. You may just need to just pivot your head a little bit, but it's there and keep going towards that light. And the best part is you're not on a race. Like, don't rush. Like, take your time. Be kind to yourself. You'll get there. Everyone's on their own time. That's what I want to say. Like, just be gentle and keep going. Yeah, what a show. Big thanks, Mr. Ryan Korea. Dude, that was so awesome. Um, really, really, really great stuff. And we still have inside our private digital community, it's kind of like a festival ground, okay? We've got different stages. We've got a business professional stage where Ryan is like our ringleader on that. He's uh, He's got the, the supercharged event that we were referencing in the show. We still got that up live on replay, okay? So you guys can get in there. We're giving away a free month. Try it out. See if it's right for you. See if you can connect. See if you've got, uh, we've got some super coaches in there. We've got guys like Ryan. And we've got coaches like Ellie Henson. Coaches like Chase Tolleson. People you've heard on the show before. Ryan Waller, another example. We've got some really high level performers out there that are also artists, right? That's the most important thing. We speak a different language, right? As Ryan was saying, just gotta, you gotta find that language to go catch those fish that are a part of your uh, your overall design, what you want to get out of uh, sharing your art. No sense in sharing it with everybody to everyone and trying to be that. It's just not a feasible thing. With, uh, with a little help and guidance in the right places, you guys can do whatever you want. Right? Um, like I mentioned at the top of the show, though, we are getting real excited for, we're like seven weeks away. <laughs> I believe seven or eight weeks away a couple months away from july 30th to august 1st that is august long weekend here in canada and uh we'd like to invite you if you're an artist even if you're a super fan we got room for you without the super fans in this world it would there would be no point in having a stage right so we're putting together the music fit mf and games all right, we got the MF and games here in High River. We're going to teach you guys some master class work on kettlebell movements, mace movements, also some animal flow. We're going to put together a street hockey tournament. We got some big artists that are on board with this and really excited because it's the first time ever where we've got artist first professional development where we put rest and relaxation recharging in a retreat to boost the artist from the inside out you know because when i think about it you got a professional camp and you're doing so many seminars and workshops about how to brand and how to social media better and how to network and you got no time to recharge so the boot camp that's supposed to be professional development drains you makes no sense so we're flipping that we are starting a bloody revolution over here at music fit we'd love for you to be a part of it find out more over on our Instagram channel, we also have a newsletter. You can also learn everything you need to know at musicfitcollective.com. You can send us an email. We are musicfit at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, y'all stay sweet. Peace. Peace.